I have been talking about doing an in-depth podcast about CRMs since, well, since before I started the podcast. In case you're not familiar, CRM is short for Client Relationship Manager, and it's a piece of software that helps you keep track of and manage all kinds of things in your business. Everything from leads to email to invoicing to contracts and more. I started using a CRM back in 2014, and I can honestly say that it was a transformative milestone for me. And ever since, I've been a huge evangelist for CRMs. And because of that, I often get questions like, when should I get a CRM? What are all the features you can get? How much is it going to cost me? And perhaps most often, which CRM should I sign up for? So, like I said, I have always planned to do an episode dedicated to answering all those questions and more, but every time I sat down to put it together, I got overwhelmed. Because here's the thing, I can talk all day long about anything related to systems and strategies and time management and sales, but I am officially not a gearhead. When it comes to the tools I use, both in terms of physical gear and software, I know what works for me, and I generally stick with those things, And if I need to buy something new, I mostly want someone else whose opinion I trust to just kind of tell me what to do. Enter Coley James. Coley is a documentary family photographer and filmmaker in the Denver area, as well as an educator and mentor. And fun fact, if you're listening to this episode on the day that it airs, today is her birthday. So happy birthday, Coley. But I got to know Coley as one of the first people to come through my Simple Sales Blueprint back in January. And ever since, she's been an incredibly active and generous member of my Blueprint Facebook community. She's always there responding to posts and sharing her experiences and strategies with the other students. And she always comes through when people have questions that I don't feel prepared to answer. Questions about the differences in various gear and software, including questions about CRMs. So a while back, I asked her if she would help me put together this CRM episode. And not only did she say yes, she has hit this project out of the park. In fact, there was so much to cover that we ended up deciding to split it into two parts. Today you get part one, where we cover the who, what, when, where, and why of CRMs. Next week is part two, where you'll listen in on a roundtable discussion among seven users of seven different photography CRMs, chatting about the features of each one, how we use them in our businesses, and what the various pros and cons of each are. The icing on the birthday cake of these two episodes is that Coley has put together an incredible freebie for you to download that includes a comprehensive comparison chart of the different CRMs and their features, which is going to be invaluable to any of you out there who either don't have a CRM or who are considering switching. That freebie is coming next week with part two, but for now, let's dive into part one. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. I feel like this day has been coming since I started this podcast. I am so excited to have you on. This can't be that hard. Welcome. Thank you. 
I, you know, as I said in the intro, uh, we're going to be talking about all things CRMs and, and I really appreciate the work that you have put into helping me put this podcast episode together because even though I have known for a while that I wanted to do it, it really is kind of a beast of a topic. And so I'm really, really grateful to have your help and your expertise. And, and I can't think of someone other outside of someone who works for a CRM. <laughs> you, you, you seem like the go-to easy decision person to have on here today. So let's just like dive right in and talk about a little bit about like what CRM, what a CRM is in the first place. Okay. So a CRM and there's CRMs and then there's CMS and I just use CRM because it's easier, but it's a client relationship manager. And so basically for me, it's the backbone of my business. I could not possibly run my business and handle inquiries and not let people fall through the cracks without my CRM. But it's basically the product that allows you to handle all of your inquiries from inquiry to booking. And even the people who choose not to book you, you can, you know, set up ways to remind yourself to check back in with these people. And, you know, it's the most efficient way that you can get someone booked. In my opinion, it is the thing that differentiates a lot of people from being an amateur to a professional. Yeah. And that when you send it to a client and they can, you know, look over your services that you offer and then they can sign a contract and they can send you your booking money and everything can be done in less than five minutes. Isn't it a funny thing how I think, you know, especially when you first start as a photographer, you're so concerned with, do my photos look good enough for me to be charging money? Absolutely. And the truth of the matter is, I mean, certainly there are people whose work you know, maybe isn't quite up to snuff, but, but I think more than anything, there's plenty of talent out there. It's really kind of the, how somebody runs their business and how they present themselves, how professionally they come across to their potential clients. That makes a huge difference. And yeah, I'm right there with you. CRMs make that so much easier. It certainly does. I think that every photographer, family photographer, wedding photographer, any kind of photographer needs two things in their life. They need a really solid website and you need a really solid CRM Yeah. in order to, because you know, your website is your front face of your business. So people get their first impressions off of your website or maybe off of social media, but it's a running joke about how much I hate social media. Yeah. Yeah. So the website is definitely <laughs> my, my forward facing for my business. But when someone lands there, and they're getting an impression of the work, and they're getting an idea of the services that you offer, and they can take a look at what previous clients have thought or how you photographed your previous clients. The next step is when they inquire, you have to keep the same level of professionalism going from the website until they become your client. Yeah, that's interesting. I had never really thought about that as like, I mean, it is, it's like the front end and the back end of your business. And this, you don't want a mullet business that's business in the front, party in the back. (laughs) Yeah. You got to get that looking good all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. That's super, that's super interesting. So then how do you then apply that specifically in the like newborn family photography genre? So I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty active with my kid. And the one thing that I really wanted to get out of a CRM is if I'm sitting in the car park lane at her school waiting to pick her up and I get an inquiry, I only have to look at what the person is inquiring about before I can send the next step. 
because almost everything in my CRM is automated. So the way that I run my CRM for my newborn and family business is the inquiry form that's embedded on my website is from Dubsado. So I should just put that out there. I am a Dubsado girl. I have a forever plan. I never have to pay them again. <laughs> but I, I did use 17 hats first. And then I transitioned to Tave, which is what Anami uses. And then I transitioned to Dubsado back in 2017. But the contact forms on my website, there's a couple different ones, which I love. But depending on which contact form they fill out, I get a notification in my email that says, hey, you have a new lead. This person wants to book with you. I go into the back end of Dubsado and I look at what kind of session they're interested in, what the session date is, and my calendar in Dubsado will tell me if I'm available or if I'm not available. But unless they've asked me something pretty specific, I can do one of two things. I can send them a booking form if they're ready to book immediately or if it's a returning client. Or these days, I'm now sending out things that say, hey, we should have a chat before yeah. I send you all of this information. And while I don't use the scheduler on Dubsado, they do have that option. Nice. So if I was a little bit more organized with my calendar, I could actually have, you know, times and dates that are available and send them out. But a lot of times if someone has put their phone number on the inquiry form, I just go ahead and send them a text message and say, hey, are you available to chat? But regardless whether we have a chat or I send them a booking form, my booking form is very thorough. It includes testimonials from clients. It includes pretty detailed um, descriptions of the different services that I offer. It includes pictures because even though they came from my website, I like to throw pictures out every opportunity that I have because it really connects what I do with the booking process. And then whether or not they book or they don't book, I have different systems in place that will either move them, you know, towards their session with a pre-session questionnaire. I schedule another chat with my full day in the life client so that we can discuss tentatively what we might do on their full day. And then I also have reminders to send out the images for after the session and then to send them their sneak peek. And then now I move them into pick time, which is a whole different thing, to um, order their collections. And then in the end, I also have forms that are set up to ask for those testimonials so that I can put them on social media. I can update my website. And I, most importantly, have reminders in my CRM as to when I should contact these people next to get them back on the calendar. Because the number one thing that I think differentiates me from other people is that a very large portion of my sessions every year are taken up by repeat clients. And it's that I am, I take the time to find out when they want their next session, but I also don't let them, you know, sit somewhere. I you don't rely on them. Yeah. Getting them back on my calendar because one of the biggest joys about this is being able to see kids grow over the years. And so I love that my CRM helps me keep track of those things so that no one, you know, it's two years later and I'm like, oh, I haven't heard from so-and-so. Maybe right. I should drop in their email. Okay. So everything that you just talked about, there's so much, right? There's so many different capabilities. And on next week's podcast, we're going to be doing sort of a comparative, it's going to be like part two of this conversation where we're talking about specific CRM software and sort of some of the pros and cons and functionalities, but almost all of them, and I think I'm saying this correctly, have, you know, the ability to help you automate a lot of these different things. But a lot of the people that I talk to who aren't currently using CRMs, they feel overwhelmed by like, well, how 
that just seems like a lot. That's what, you know, they'll say, or they sort of imply that that is what they feel overwhelmed just by like, how am I going to figure this out? How am I going to set it up? And my response is always just like, yes, <laughs> but imagine <laughs> having to do that every single time you have a client or a not even a client, client. Every time someone inquires, every single time somebody insane. inquires, you have to like reinvent the wheel. And the fact, 100% fact of the matter is that you don't do it as well every time as you do, you know, that one time when you do it just right. But if you can set it up just right and then create that exact same sequence over and over and over again, like all of a sudden you have gone from like way down here on the professional level to like way up here and, you know, beating and exceeding expectations. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I felt like when I started using a CRM, the number one thing for me was it like that to-do list went from being in my head to being just like, check, check, check. You know, I, I was able to, to see it on paper in a very clear way. Hang on guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that this can't be that hard? Isn't the only podcast I host. Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join The Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to The Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. Well, and that's the thing. Everybody thinks that it's really complicated to set up your CRM. And I'm going to be honest, it really is. Mm-hmm. But there are so many resources out there now versus six years ago when I first signed up for a CRM. It really doesn't have to be that complicated. Yeah. You always have the option of paying someone to do it for you, which I know is a sore subject in family photography because getting people to actually pay for a CRM is the first step. Mm-hmm. And then trying to tell them, well, no, you should pay someone to set it up is a bigger hurdle to overcome. But there are so many free resources, honestly, for each of the CRMs. I mean, Dubsado will set up, and I really don't mean for this to be a commercial for Dubsado, so I apologize. That's okay. What you're most familiar with. (laughs) It is the one that I'm most familiar with. They will actually set up 10 of your forms for free. So if you have a family questionnaire that you've been sending people in Google Docs, and you want to put it in your CRM, all you have to do is send them a link. And they will recreate that form for you to get you going. A lot of CRMs will import your contact forms and, or your contact um, list and other things like this. So it really doesn't have to be complicated. But the one thing that I want to emphasize, because I know Anami agrees with me 100%, <laughs> it will be easier if your back end and your onboarding process is already on point. If your things are scattered everywhere and when someone sends you an email, you are responding off the top of your head every single time, it's going to be harder for you to set up your CRM. It's going to take longer because you don't have those things already set up in your business, even if they're outside a CRM. So Mm -hmm. the first thing that you would want to do is gather, you know, all the emails that you send over and over and just put them in a folder, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, get all of your pricing information together and put it in a document. Because the better organized you are in your business, 
the easier it is to translate that over to a CRM. Yeah, I, you know, I look at it kind of like I look at cleaning out a closet or a garage, like you're going to make a big mess in order to get it back together. Like that's just the way that it works. But in the end, it's so, so, so worth it. So you just, I think the first time I set up my CRM, I spent about a month putting everything together and like getting it to where it was really fully functional. And then after that, it's really just maintenance and sort of maybe dedicating I don't know, a few hours, a month or a quarter even yeah. to, to just like updating. Cause there are little tweaks here and there, mm -hmm. but so, okay. So you have to be, you know, you want to get kind of organized, whatever. So what's the right time? Like, how do you know when you're ready to invest in a CRM and like take that step? If you find yourself, and I mean, I hate putting hard numbers, which is funny because I asked <laughs> Anami to give me a hard number the other day and she refused. Um, <laughs> If you are getting, let's say, five to six inquiries, and you feel like in all five of those inquiries, you're sending them the exact same information, you are ready for a CRM. Yeah. And a lot of family photographers will be like, well, I have this system and it works for me. And it usually involves, you know, saved emails and Gmail, and then you have some kind of Google sheet with all your clients on it to keep track of them. And then you've got, you know, DocuSign to get your contract signed. And I mean, you've got all of these things in different places. And I cannot emphasize enough how great it is to be able to open one program and have everything in there. Yeah. The other thing that I really want to say is I am not fully using all of the capabilities in Dubsado. I know Anami is not using all of the capabilities in Tave. Just because you get a CRM does not mean that you have to go from 0% to 100% immediately. Right. In fact, I do onboarding for some family, for a lot of my students, they will hire me to do their onboarding in Dubsado if that's what they choose to use. And I always start them out small. One workflow, we get your contact form together, we get your questionnaire put in, we do your, your packages, we build out one or two proposals, we get your contract in, and then we kind of set up your leads in that this is a family lead, this is a newborn lead, and then moving into a job. That is really all I think anybody should do for about the first month when you have a CRM, because you want to get everything put in, you want to get it going. Then you can start to add in all of the other bonuses that you get from some of these CRMs, like a scheduler. I don't know how many of you guys are using Acuity or Calendly, but some of the CRMs have schedulers already in them. So that's one thing that you could either not pay for, or if you're on a free plan, it'll just be integrated in your CRM, which right. means no sending out additional links for people to click on. It could all come from one source. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, they're just getting more and more sophisticated where it's like you have your side of it that you can see, but also your clients have more or less like a client dashboard that they can log into and see, you know, where they are and when they need to pay you and all that sort of thing. I mean, it's, it makes it again, not only easier, but more professional in appearance. Yeah. No more sending out. I mean, I don't know if you guys have this issue, but like, and I don't really send out style guides, but let's say that you sent out a style guide three weeks before the session and the client can't find the email or they accidentally deleted it. If you're using a CRM that has a client portal and you sent it through your CRM, you don't need to find these things and resend them to your clients 50 times you know, while they're your client, you could just send them back to the client portal where they could access their invoice, their payment plan, their contract, their style guide, 
the questionnaire if they need to, you know, adjust an answer that they sent you. It really is amazing to have everything in one spot. And totally. And then, I mean, again, just from like a client's perspective, I think about when they have that experience with you, and I am sure that you've had this happen to you too. Like I have clients who, you know, let's say they go to visit family somewhere else and they have a photographer come and do photos for the extended family or they go, I don't know, on vacation and have photos taken or maybe they like take a vacation from me here and they go try out a different photographer. I have had people say when they come, you know, when they come back, like, you know, it was just such a different experience. And sort of when I dig into that a little bit, oftentimes it is those kinds of things where they feel like, yes, they're paying a fair amount of money, but it, they see the value just in like that level of organization and preparedness. And yeah, so it really does make a big difference. I, it's interesting that you say five to six, like if you're, if you're dealing with that number of inquiries, I, I guess I wouldn't necessarily advocate for setting up a CRM like the very second you start your business because you mm -hmm. probably don't necessarily know what your workflows are. You don't know how to do certain things like that. But I, yeah, my answer when people have asked me in the past is just like as soon as you can possibly, like I would say after a website, it's probably your next expense because the sooner you set it up, even if you're not especially when you're not super busy, you can actually spend more time on the setup part before your closet gets crazy disorganized. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. It's just like a website. I always tell my students, I need you to immediately get a website, even if it only has two to three of your best images and a contact form. There is no way that in this day and age that someone should be trying to find you and they can't, you know, Google your photography name and a website yeah. doesn't pop up. Now, you don't have to have a blog. You don't have to have, you know, five to six pages, but in the very least, you should have a landing page with a contact form and, you know, two to three of your best images so that someone has a way to get in contact with you. A CRM is the same way. If you don't do anything in the CRM in your first couple months, except use the contact form to get your inquiries into one space, you send them some kind of proposal or even if you're only collecting your session fees and then you're getting them to sign a contract because everybody should be signing a contract. Um, even if you only use it for that, I think it's well worth the 20 to $40 a month that the CRMs are going to cost you. I mean, some of them, some of them are on the lower end and they only include like, let's say one brand and one contact form. But if you're starting off, that's probably all you need going up to the ones that are, you know, closer to the $40 range that are charging you because they have a scheduler integrated. They have, you know, you can have multiple businesses on the same account, but it will grow with you. And I just wanted to jump back to what you had said about being a professional, because I don't have a lot of dads that hire me, but I mean, I've probably had five or six, you know, in the last two to three years. And it never fails that every time a dad contacts me and he goes through my onboarding process, the next email is like, wow, that was so great. Your, your onboarding process is so professional. I didn't think it was going to be that easy to book a photographer. And it just, it always strikes me because my female inquiries don't respond that way. But every single dad who's ever sent me an inquiry has. Interesting. And I just think that it was interesting to see that, you know, they noticed the ease of booking versus, you know, the women that inquire are always talking about how awesome the photos are and how they can't wait for the session. 
But I think that, you know, there's a way to use your CRM to do both, to highlight the images and the videos and then get your clients from inquiry to booked as soon as possible. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it is just such a relief to be able to not have to manage that process over and over again. Like you put the time and the effort in to set it up right, and then it just does the work, like like an unpaid employee. <laughs> like a virtual assistant. It is. It I is mean, a virtual no assistant. virtual assistant that you're going to pay $25 a month that will yeah, do exactly. what your CRM will do for you. Right. That's it's not like, possible. It does the job of someone who would normally be $25 an hour. An so. hour. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of money, you started to talk about this, but let's talk a little bit more about the numbers about what one should expect to pay for a CRM that is, let's say, the medium functionality level. What's our, what's our, what are we uh, The at? bottom, the lowest one is $20 a month. But I got, I used Upsado, it's $35 a month. Anami uses Tave, and the lowest level of Tave, because Tave has three levels. But the lowest level of Tave is $25 a month if you're doing it monthly, or it ends up being $20 a month if you pay an annual rate. But I mean, for Tave, that's, you get everything. They just only let you have one business and one user. That's all most newborn and family photographers need. I personally have three brands under mine, but it's because I have my mentoring, I have my clients. And then the last one I use is kind of like a demo for people that I'm doing onboarding in Dubsado. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Most people don't need three brands. For most newborn and family photographers, you just need the one brand and you can get it as cheap as $25 a month. Right. I mean, that's like, you know, five lattes. Right. And it's so, and monthly versus annual, obviously like people have different. A little bit of a discount. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and people obviously like cash flow is what it is, but I would also put out there most of these, all of these, I'm sure have a free trial at the beginning. Yes. And okay. Sounds and like actually let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to cut you off, but I know. Yeah. I, I was thinking we were going to discuss this more in the next podcast, but we it will. is important to plant the seed now in case any of you go-getters are listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go run out and get a CRM. It is so important that you do your research and that you demo each one that you are seriously considering before you spend the money. Or if you're not going to do it that way, I encourage you to pay monthly and not pay an annual until you are like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I don't foresee myself ever leaving the CRM because it's incredibly difficult to leave one CRM and go to another CRM. And it's not that there's anything profoundly wrong with any of the CRMs. All of the CRMs that we're going to discuss in the next podcast all have something really great about them. They all have the same basic functionality of getting an inquiry, getting them booked, and collecting your money. It's in the individual features that they differ. And it's kind of like the Canon, Nikon, Sony argument. There's nothing wrong with any of the camera brands. And I apologize for leaving out Fuji and Olympus. (laughs) I mean, but... Basically, any, any full-frame camera that you buy right now is pretty much the same. I mean, they have, they have minor differences. The color is different, but all of them pretty much function the same. It is really how the user feels that leads you to stick with one brand over another. The exact same argument is true of CRMs. I personally love the one that I've chosen because they have custom code blocks. And I don't really want to go into this in depth right now, but 
I can take my amazing family films, which I want everybody to see them every time they contact me. I can put films anywhere. I can put them in questionnaires. I can put them on the lead contact form. I can put them just anywhere that I want. And that is why it was important for me to eventually switch to Dipsado. I didn't leave Tave because it was lacking in anything other than I really saw that I could put videos out there everywhere. And I've just found that the more times I put videos in front of these clients, the more apt they are to book a session that has photos and videos. But both of them are great products. They'll both get you what you want. It's more when you log in, you're probably going to love the interface or you're not. And so I encourage you to test out all of the ones that you're taking seriously before you pay them serious money. Yeah. And it, you know, they've come so far. I think I started with Tave the same time that you're talking about, like six or seven years ago. And, and I, to your point from before, am not fully, you know, making full use of that software at all. At this point, it is the, and I've talked to you about this enough that I'm tempted, so sorely tempted to, to switch over to Dubsaudi. You are a good evangelist for them. I mean, um, I can get anybody to buy anything. I got to be honest. <laughs> well, that you believe in. And that's actually the way that I feel about selling too, is that like, I would be a terrible salesperson for a product that I didn't believe in, but I digress. So switching is such a barrier. So it really is, I think, really important to get a feel for something. Oh, and I was also going to say it's so much, so many of these interfaces are so much better than they were when I was looking around. First of all, there's more competition now. Like there are better, you know, upping all of their games. It's upping everyone's game. Absolutely. So when I started with Tave, you had to be like a computer programmer to get it set up. And I do remember that being like a real headache, but the functionality is so good. So, I mean, just getting on that, getting back to the, how easy is it to set up? Several of these CRM companies have template libraries. Yeah. So if you don't know what you're doing, you can basically scroll through this template of, you know, this is what a contract looks like. This is what a questionnaire looks like. And you can basically copy them into your account and then just change the text and the pictures. Yeah. So you really don't have to start from scratch on many of these platforms. I think pretty much, and I feel comfortable saying this, I think all of them now have templates that you could go in and alter if you didn't want to design and create your your um, items from scratch. Yeah. And one of the things, you know, okay, so I talk all the time about the importance of creating email templates. I'm sure I know that I have a podcast episode somewhere about that, but you don't have to do those all at once. You don't have to sit down in a week and write all these email templates. What you do is you create, you know, the next time an email comes in and you have to write an email back. You save it and you make it a canned email. Exactly. And it's like, oh, right. So over the course of, let's say six weeks or two months, you have a pretty robust email template library because over the course of that time, you've had to address all these different issues. I think the same thing can be said for workflows. You don't have to sit down and write your different workflows for like weddings and families and all that stuff. You do them the next time you get that client, you just sort of go along and build it as you go. Yes. And for a lot of the people that I onboard for, because most of the people that come to me are because they do what I do. They do families and they do newborns. And for myself and almost everybody that I've ever set up. My newborn workflow is different from my family workflow. My family workflow are usually the clients that come to me one time a year. 
and they're either doing a short session of three hours or they're doing a full day versus my newborns. I have people that I see for birth. I have people that I see for fresh 48s. I have people that I see for in-home newborns and then milestones. And then of course, those clients that I love, I see them for all of them. So I have different, I have different proposals for all of those. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't sit down and do them all at once. For the people that I onboard, I say, what do you book more of, families or newborns? We build that entire process out from beginning to end. You know, the email that you send when they inquire, the contact form, the proposal, the contracts, we do all of that. You run it through two to three clients. You tell me what needs to be tweaked. And when that workflow is perfect, we duplicate it and then we just edit it for the other genre. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it really is great that you can just really focus on one to start and then everything can be duplicated. I mean, once you get your contract done, you could duplicate it and change the words and resave it as a family contract. You can, for myself, I have one inquiry form that everybody can fill out. And then I also have some that are specific to newborn blog posts that appear at the bottom of every newborn post that I do. I also oh, that's have so smart. Oh, I love that. And then those people just automatically get newborn information. And then for when I travel and I do my day in the lives for people who don't live in Colorado, there's an entirely different contact form that they fill out and it asks them where they're located because obviously I don't ask the Denver people, well, where do you live? Because that's kind of creepy to ask people where they live before they booked you. But, you know, the out of town people will be like, oh, you know, I live in Lansing, but, you know, Detroit is probably where you want to fly into. So every contact form can ask different information. And this doesn't really have anything to do with CRMs, but I'm going to put a little nugget in there. You should not be using those plain contact forms that ask for a name, a phone number, and have a blank spot for a message. The more information you get from your clients up for your inquiries up front, the easier it is to have a conversation, which Anami is a big fan of, yep. or when you respond in the, in the email, you can be more personal. So contact forms are one thing on your website. You would recreate it in your CRM so that the information goes directly to whatever CRM you choose to use, but you can customize those contact forms to ask all sorts of things. And I encourage all of you to do this because it just makes the process seem more personal and more unique. So what, what's your favorite secret weapon question? Like, Oh, you know, so it's not really a secret weapon. I ask a lot of things. Number one, I ask budget. And I know that that's a different thing for different people. Actually, since I've been doing Anami's pricing, I don't ask that anymore. But if you are all inclusive, I highly recommend that you ask someone their budget because while my sessions used to be like, let's say 950 all inclusive, if someone put that their budget was 700, I did do sessions that included much, a smaller amount of images for 700. So, I mean, th the difference between 700 and 950, there's, there's room to wiggle. If you tell me that your budget is $200, yeah, I'm not the photographer for you. And that can cut the conversation, you know, pretty short in its infancy. I've also had people just ask, like, what's your favorite Starbucks drink? Or in my case, I ask people, why are you contacting me? What do you love most? And there's a spot for them to pick photos and there's a spot for them to pick videos. Because at this point, oh, I smart. don't understand why people hire me if they don't want to film. I mean, you can get photos from anyone. E even though I think my photos are great. I like you your photos. photos 
All right. So Coley, I don't want to jump the gun on next week's conversation, but tell me a little bit about like the main differences between the, you know, gen- if somebody starts doing their research this week, okay. like what are some of the main differences among the CRMs that they should be keeping an eye out for? So I would say that the new, like, as we discussed, you and I both started with a CRM about six or seven years ago. I think that now one of the big differences between the CRMs is the integrations that they are offering with other companies. So for example, if any of you are familiar with Zapier and Zaps, so when someone fills something out in your CRM or they make a payment or um, anything of that nature, if you connect your CRM to Zapier, it will then do things with your information, like add it to your mailing list, which I know Anami has a podcast on creating your mailing list. Yes, I do. Um, Or, you know, you can add all of your contacts to like a Google sheet. I mean, there's just so many things that you can do. Some of the CRMs offer that and some of them don't. I will say that also some of them are trying to court those of you that really don't want to make decisions. So some of the CRMs out there, it's, you know, your inquiry to booking system is set. There aren't many things that you can change in the CRM. What they do is sufficient, but you can't change A, B, C, D. You have to do A, B, C, D, and that's just their process. Interesting. There's no um, customization. There's really no way to change your workflows. So those are the two main differences between all of the CRMs that we're going to discuss in, in next week's podcast. So I cannot wait for this conversation next week. We are going to have a whole bunch of different people, not representatives of the CRMs, but just people, actual users, guys, real deal photographers who are like using these different CRMs. And we're just going to have a roundtable conversation about features and pros and cons and all that sort of stuff. So if you are as yet undecided on a CRM or if you are if you have one but you feel like you're maybe not getting everything out of it that you could be and maybe you're considering switching, next week's podcast is going to be something that you want to mark your calendar for. But in the meantime, Coley, thank you so so much for coming on. I as always love chatting with you and and geeking out with you about <laughs> all things systems and organization. All things CRM all things CRM. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, Thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.